This is a story about people. They are absolutely crucial. I'm so extremely proud of the people in my department. As said, they had to say goodbye to 35-40% of their colleagues that they have worked with for ages. And these colleagues did something on a daily basis that made a difference. Hello and a very warm welcome to this, our second series of transformation stories from the award-winning Valtec Cafe. Last year, we spoke to more than 25 global brands and industry experts about their experiences of digital transformation. And this series is no different. From airlines to retailers, manufacturers to healthcare companies, this is a podcast series that strips away the digital buzzwords and challenges what we all thought we knew about our industry. Covering topics from the circular economy to customer experience, emerging tech to composable architectures, we're removing the filters and getting to the bottom of what's really going on in digital today. I'm Tizzy Philp, and welcome to the podcast. Can there always be an opportunity in a crisis? For some, it's easier to find than for others. But in today's conversation, we'll find out how one of the airline industry's best-known brands used the onset of COVID to reassess their digital ambitions and create new ways of working for the future. I'm joined by Charlotte Svensson, EVP and CIO of Scandinavian Airlines, who initially joined the firm to help them take the next step in their digital transformation. But just weeks into the role, everything changed. Today, we'll talk about how she was able to turn a global disaster into an opportunity for SAS, dealing with the devastation of losing large swathes of the workplace. We'll talk about keeping a sharp focus on the real role of digital and what recovery looks like for one of the best known airlines. So Charlotte, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Very good to be here and sharing some of my experience from the COVID and the future ahead of us. I prefer to talk about the future. I can tell you. <laughs> well, we'll touch a little bit on what's gone before, but of course, we'll also spend some time talking about what's coming next. And let's start from the beginning then. Maybe you could tell us a little more about you and your role at SAS and frame a little bit of the transformation that you were looking to kick off when you initially joined. Yeah, looking at prior to SAS, my position was really that I was working mainly in the media industry. I worked several years in something called the Bonnier Group. It's one of the biggest media houses in Sweden, and I worked primarily with newspapers. And then I moved on to the group and was CTO on the group. In the media house, I worked both on the commercial side holding responsibility for marketing and also subscriptions. And, you know, that's all consumer-oriented revenues, but also IT and uh, digital and uh, so on. So, as you know, working um, several years in an industry, you, you take on different roles. And that was also a very challenged industry, absolutely by digitalization, moving from the paper in newspaper into a digital one and everyone saying that there were no business model to be found for a newspaper in the digital world and this was before we got used to all the subscriptions you know yeah now we are used to it but uh, i can tell you we were questioned 
when we started to want to get paid for the digital content because everyone said that the internet was free and should be free and you know so it, it was also a challenging time and also an um, older industry that needed to reform itself and then I moved on to the postal industry and looking at that industry you can also say that that you know mails I mean physical mail is not the newest thing I think it's since 1638 or something it's been a while yeah it's been a while (laughs) but I moved there and it was also challenged I mean the business model you know Everyone wants a letter. No one are sending letters. Uh, so it is a bit challenged. And I would say no one because there's a lot of uh, physical mails going on still. And it have really been digitalized. And continue that r- road from the inside was also, of course, a challenge, but also really fruitful to start to use digital services in a very physical world. So great experience. So in short, I can say I've been on both sides. I, I am from the beginning a tech person. I worked as a developer, so I worked with network engineering. And then I moved on to the more softer side of things and the business side. And so I worked both on business, being head of commercial, having a P&L responsibility, and then back and forth in between business and tech. And now you're at SAS. Tell us a little bit more about the specific role that you originally thought you were coming in to tackle. I still remember my first week at SAS. I was absolutely amazed by its workforce and its spirit. People here at SAS were proud and still are proud to work for a historical brand, building bridges from within and to Scandinavia. Then uh, during my second week, I think it was, then the news about COVID came and the focus started to shift in the general management team. And we started to talk about this new virus in China and what would it have for impact. Did you think in those early days that it would have the impact that it would end up having? No, absolutely not. Mm. Absolutely not. My CEO at that time, Rika Gustafsson, he was seeing it. I can tell you, he was like, yeah, this is not good. It mm. will affect us. And I think it will hit harder than everyone else thinks. And he mm. was right. Sadly enough, he was right. He did us a bit. Six weeks in on the job, or my third month, I would say, we gave notice to 10,000 people. And at the time, we were about 11,000. And we parked all our aircrafts. In a normal day, we have about 80,000 passengers a day. 127 destinations, 1,000 flights. It's a operational business really heavily uh, focused on operations and then we parked everything let's go back to just before the covid crisis hit so you joined to run the digital transformation for sas what were the original ambitions before we knew about this virus that was going to change everything i entered ss 
then it was really a company that have taken market share for the last five years, been profitable for the last five years, really in a strong headwind going up, taking also on more leisure travelers, have been focusing a lot on the frequent travelers, the business traveler, but also taking on a more leisure approach. So it was really a company that was able to change during the last decade and have fought a lot of crises, you know, ash uh, coming from Iceland. Oh, you the know. ash cloud, yeah, of course. Yeah, and uh, the thing we none of us ever forget, I mean, the 9-11, mm-hmm. uh, and, and that put a stop to flying as well a lot. Uh, so, so, you know, it been through a lot of crises, I can tell you, but had always had the ability to change. And now the change that was foreseen was that taking on the digitalization, taking on the digital journey, really moving forward. So uh, that was the task. So you're setting out on a digital transformation journey anyway. That's complex enough in itself. Then COVID hits. You mentioned a little bit just then about the immediate impact and how you responded to balance the transformation ambitions that you had with this escalating crisis. So you mentioned the impact to the workforce in particular. Tell us more about the immediate impact and what you were having to deal with. I had to give notice to a lot of colleagues in my department. And that is obviously difficult. It is super, super difficult because no one had done anything wrong. This was a very well-organized, very well-kept organization. There were no, you know, extraordinary cost or anything like that. It had been a well-run department for a long time, I would say. But you need to do something differently. So we gave notice and then 35% of our personnel left. Uh, We let go of all external uh, resources, uh, consultancies, meaning that we decreased the resources in our department with 63%. We took out we take or we took on a very ambitious cost program at the same time and we sent the rest of the personnel on furlough between 60 to 80 percent at the same time we had to increase the speed in business development and that is i mean have anyone asked me before i would have said that this combination is it's absolutely impossible But I I witnessed something unique happening during the crisis. And people by themselves started to work more and more cross-functional. So we realized that we needed to change our ways of working and organization and setting up our organization to survive a very volatile reality. The general management team met every morning, every evening. A check-in in in the morning to say what new information had come during the night and then one in the evening. And then we also went back to the drawing desk and designed an organization set up that requires more qualities to scale up and down depending on the business. So that was what we did. It was a challenging year, 2020. Yeah. When we were talking before, Charlotte, in preparation for this interview, 
You mentioned something really interesting, which was about the impact on the tech department in particular, and how actually in the midst of all of this, you managed to improve efficiency. Can you tell us more about how that happened? What happened really was that we got a clear laser focus from the top management and down through the whole organization. No one can prepare for a scenario like this, that all the plants will be grounded and there will be travel bans and restrictions and they will change almost daily. No one can prepare for that. But the only thing you can prepare for is that you know that this means that you need flexibility. You cannot have projects running for several years when you don't know where you're going to fly the next month. So that gives you a laser focus on the real business value. And it also opened up some opportunities. We did a cloud transition, I would say, uh, move from an old data center to the cloud. Because when should you do that with the least risk? Yeah, you should do it when you have no planes in the air and no passengers on board. So we, we moved quickly into the cloud. And we also, to, to gain flexibility, of course, and we, at the same time as we did that, we also increased, actually, the speed in development, working cross-functionally in an agile setup. Uh, we took away the PMO office. We took away the core IT function. We went to end-to-end responsibility. Do you think that your digital transformation story would have taken a different route had it not been for the impact of COVID? Would you say that you're now better prepared as a company for future disruption based on your experiences over the last two years? And do you, in a weird way see that it's actually helped you long term in forcing you to change ways of working and innovate i think the learning have been a learning for the whole organization it have prepared us i think it was winston churchill who said never waste a good crisis and i think we really have done a lot of things during the crisis that maybe we wouldn't have done in the same way, absolutely not with the same speed as having this threat and this situation on a daily basis. Uh, absolutely. So, uh, yes, it have contributed, I would say. And what would you say were the most important parts of that change? So you talked about new ways of working. You talked about the need for a new business approach. I wonder what the importance of those people who remained was. They are absolutely crucial. I am the people. I mean, this is a story about people. I'm so extremely proud of the people in my department. As said, they had to say goodbye to 35, 40% of their colleagues that they have worked with for ages and these colleagues did something on a daily basis that made a difference we should remember that they really had a function but they left because we needed to do that and the people that remained were on furloughs and still we were able to move to the cloud and increase speed in business development 
And that is only because people can do the impossible possible when they come together. But of course, it requires respect. It requires the ability to take decision. And it also requires a spirit and a vision. We set a vision for ourselves. We are the company that's going to be a digital first airline. We are going to use digitalization and tech to drive change. And transparency, of course. You should never underestimate transparency because transparency builds trust. And um, if you have trust in the people, they can use all their knowledge and their competence to do the best, then uh, you are able to succeed with the impossible. It's such a good point that about the transparency. And you mentioned earlier about these daily, I guess we could call them sprint Mm -hmm. meetings that Mm -hmm. the, the senior management had every day. How were you able to keep this, I suppose, a skeleton crew of people motivated and working in this way how did you do that culturally within SAS I think it's hard it is super hard I have never ever had a leader challenge like this before I've I've been working in tough industries I said I mean it was not an easy ride to be in the newspaper and the media industry going from physical to digital was not easy to be in the postal industry and reinvent the organization and the structure there but this is something else and um, and keeping motivated I mean it has to come from the people from within so I think it's about communication to talk to everyone and getting them to put their heart and soul into the challenge to save a company and for us in digital IT it was to be very clear on the vision that I'm absolutely certain that digitalization is a key capability to be able to make SS building a competitive advantage utilize our assets and coping we were the first airline to put a voucher solution out there we did that in within two weeks and because we thought everyone would fly during the summer, then we realized that it will, that wouldn't happen. So we refocused and started building robots to take care of the refunds. As I said, 80,000 passengers a day. You can imagine the number of refunds. If we hadn't built those robots, we wouldn't have been ready now with the repayment uh, to our passengers so it was enormous amounts of repayments that had to be done. And everything we did was about finding out a way to automize or making this extremely volatile information about where you can fly and when more easy to understand for our passengers. And we also put a mobile in the hands of all our frontline staff and our crew so they could follow directly themselves on a daily basis or when needed, what the pandemic restrictions were. So they could answer our passengers. And uh, that made it possible. Uh, Also, we created apps for both our crew and for the ground to be able to do their daily tasks in the mobile. And that made it possible to bring in the functionality of a travel-ready center when we got the COVID passes. 
So we were the first one ready to take care of the new COVID passes when they came. And I think that fighting spirit and that have also been important for the the will and the, I wouldn't say happiness, but you can't be happy in a situation like this. But the power of the people, I mean, uh, the motivation have come from them and their ability to do a real difference for the company, I would say. So as well as managing the internal cultural impact, you're also still keeping a firm focus on the customer experience and adding all of these additional elements that help to to smooth that process. So a huge amount of things going on. It's such a, a good thing to hear about, about the cultural change, about the resilience of the people and how they adapted to keep things afloat. I also wonder how much becoming an agile organization also played a part in facilitating that recovery? I think it has, because going into agile means really tearing down some structures. And agile is a lot about mindset. For me, at least it is. It's not changing one process to another. It's absolutely the only way we could deliver with the required speed of change to a limited cost. We should remember that we were in the, the revenues have really decreased during this period. So to keep a limited cost is as crucial as anything else. And that means that I think it's not about if you're using safe or not. It, this is it's a mindset. Sometimes I think it's underestimated the mindset change to focus on not on the process, on the business value that's agile for me you said another thing when we talked the other day charlotte which was really great and you said it was vital to always be conscious of what digital should do Mm. and i really liked that phrase what do you mean by that for me it is not who decides what It's not top-down or bottom-up approach. It's about sharing an unclouded vision from the management, setting goals and define measurable top-level targets, of course. What do we need to do to stay competitive or whatever? But then we also have to have the trust that the team will find the best path to deliver on these targets and setting their right agenda, really, from the teams. And, And as I said, it requires transparency, but also trust and feedback culture. And it's not only about knowing and having ideas, it's about actually delivering and, and do it. Ideas are free, but the only thing that counts is to get it done and let the data tell you if it works or not. Fail fast. In your view then, and based on everything that you've experienced in the last 18 months, what does digitization mean for the airline industry going forward? What do you think? I think as always, no matter the industry, I think digitalization will provide you with the winners and separate them from the losers. If you can use digitalization and tech, to really make a difference in high because the customer expectation nowadays are something totally different than they were before absolutely in scandinavia we are very digitalized countries 
and with expectations that are really focusing on seamless. We would prefer not to talk to anyone when we come to the airport, just being able to have a seamless journey from we are booking our tickets until we are in the airplane. And, and I think that will put a lot of pressure on the ecosystem because there's a lot of companies involved in that travel chain. And therefore, I think the ecosystem in the airline industry need to do something. But we should not forget about sustainability. I think sustainability is one of the absolutely most important questions moving ahead. We can do a lot within digital and IT in that question. I mean, with data, AI and machine learning, uh, we have sensors all over our new airplanes and we can do a lot with that data to lower the emissions. But we need to move into sustainable aviation fuel as well. And we have started a project together with Vattenfall, Shell and Lansatec to really create uh, some synthetic sustainable aviation fuel, meaning alcohol to jet, on large scale, because we need large scale. We need to replace the fuel and that is today with something that is good for the environment. And therefore, I think that is our key challenge. And then that is, requires a lot of focus from every department at every airline. Do you think... On the sustainability topic, do you think there would ever be an opportunity for the airlines to work together on a common goal to solve this problem? Yes, absolutely. IATA, that is a central organization for airlines, is working on this. And I think we, as an industry, need to come together to solve this if we are going to stay relevant. So the sustainability topic is clearly incredibly important and it's great to hear that, you know, there is future collaboration between the airlines to solve it as an industry, as you say. So then finally, Shala, I wonder what the future holds for you and SAS. What's next on the agenda? We have decided to take on an ambitious digitalization agenda. It will be one of our core focuses that we were going to invest in. Uh, And it is about building the competitive advantage using digitalization. Uh, But it is also to realize the full digital benefit and secure a competitive cost base, of course, utilization of all our assets. I mean, we have a lot of airplanes and the crew and the ground and making everyone at SS being able to do their best every day using digital tools. That is one of our core focus moving ahead now. Uh, So I'm looking forward to to really make one of the biggest non-tech ramp up in digital in Scandinavia the coming year. We can't wait to see what happens. And thank you so much for joining me, Charlotte. It's been a brilliant to talk to you. And we're really looking forward to seeing what comes next in the next year. We'll catch up with you soon. Thank you. You've been listening to the latest transformation series from Valtech Cafe. Hit subscribe to get access to our whole back catalogue of conversations. And if you'd like to know more about what we do, why not visit us at valtech.com for all the details. 
Until next time, thanks for listening. <laughs>